is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hey, hey, soulful people. Allison Crow here. Um, Reply viewers, I'm going to go ahead and do my commercial now. Come to Camp Star. Um, I know I'm supposed to tell you all the reasons why you should just just come to freaking Camp Starheart and trust me on this. You don't want any fucking bullet points. Okay, I want to share something with you. I just got an ama- off an amazing call with one of my one-on-one clients where we're flushing out um, some content for her. She is about to um, share, share a course. So I used to coach a lot of real estate agents. I actually still coach. Hi, Jackie. I still coach some real estate agents. I coach, um, a handful of business owners and I also coach people who like work in the Pentagon. (laughs) Um, but I was talking with my client, Farah LaPan. And so if you're a real estate agent, you're going to want to take her course when she launches it shortly. But we were having this really rich discussion about why some of these other coaching and trainings don't work for some of us and how frustrating it can be in this society when our desires are not enough. And that was an insight I had um, at Expand a couple weeks ago or last week was that, you know, I have a lot of desires and my desires, while motivating, they're not motivating enough. And so maybe you can recognize yourself in this. Some people, so we also talk about gardeners and machines. Um, If you're familiar with, and when I worked in real estate, I was trained in the DISC personality profiles. I know there's all different kinds of personality profiles, but this one is really simple for what I'm talking about. So, High D people are motivated by task and fast. Um, C people are motivated by task and slow. Now, you can be all of these. I'm not going to go into a whole distraining, but people who lead with their eye, Allison Crow, and many of my clients um, are, are fast movers and they're motivated by people over task, right? And then S is they're motivated by people and slow. And so the gardeners that I work with, gardeners in business who tend not to work with formulas, who tend to need a little bit more soulful, this is why we call it soulful success. It doesn't mean that machines don't have souls. They're just not me. I'm not a fucking machine. And I'm so glad one of my greatest friends, some of my greatest friends are machines. And sometimes I'm so jealous of their results because they are task first, people second. They, they use their people skills to accomplish the task. I am people first, task second. So I want to share something that I really have dug into recently. I love how the lighting shift when I took that light off. I want to share something about the kind of people that I work with that you might be. When we... Oh, you were, Sonia. I love it. Um, When we 
are motivated by, so how many of you are people pleasers, right? Like I know I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> I would love to be able to say, F, I don't care what you think about me, but it's true. So what I was talking about with Farah and what she's going to be teaching, what I teach with my clients and what she's going to be um, fleshing out for her real estate clients is these deeper motivations. And so here we go. I'm going to share something purple. I'm a people pleaser. Now we want to look at why. And um, here's what... So I have this really amazing business. I have this really amazing life. I enjoy my marriage. I enjoy my dogs. I love my house. We'll talk about the neighborhood later. Hi, S, Sonia C. So you're going to get this. And um, But I also have this really strong desire to be wealthy. <laughs> Okay, money. I love money. And I make a lot of money, but I want more. I want like wealth. And so I've been exploring and being in business for 16 years. And I have I've created a business that a lot of people would be envious. And I am like the the old Christian in me is embarrassed to say that I really want to have some luxuries. And so I asked myself the really hard questions of why is that so important to me? Why is it so important to me? And really dug deep on the why. So when you think about whatever your goals are, right? Your goal to have a business a certain way, your goal to travel with your kids, your goal to put money away, whatever your goal is, I want you to ask yourself three, four, five, six levels deep. What is the deepest place you can get to what I call your primary core wound motivator. Mine is to be comfortable. Actually, it's even if I were to go deeper, I don't just want to have a comfortable life. I have a comfortable life. I want to avoid discomfort. My number one, I'm embarrassed to tell you, motivator is avoiding discomfort. And if I look at any reason that I have not created what I desire to create, it's because of the subconscious nervous system response of way I work in the world without thinking or feeling or healing is to avoid discomfort. And so some people who are task oriented, they are more oriented to achieve the task they're drawn to do that. And those of us who avoid pain, avoid pain. So we hear in coaching all the time, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And how many of us do you just roll your eyes? Like, you know, it's true, but there's a block between the willingness to get uncomfortable. And then how do I actually do that? Because our nervous system literally goes into this tight response. And I use an example. <laughs> I use an example of what works for some people and what doesn't work with others. So I use this example of jumping off a bridge. And so let's say you're working with a coach. Uh, Sonia, I think you're going to recognize this. Let's say you're working with a coach and you're, you have a goal. But in that goal, you are required to jump off of a bridge 
40 feet down into a lake or a river, assuming, well, it doesn't matter what we're assuming, right? And so some coaches will stand on the bridge with you and push you off or say, if you don't jump, I'm fucking leaving. If you don't jump, you're out. And it puts this, so they're like, if you, completing the task is priority, right? And so they get pushed off the bridge. And then some of us, because of our inner wiring, like if we see a coach push somebody else off the bridge, we're like, <gasps> it literally creates a traumatic response in somebody who is wired to avoid pain, right? And we shut down and we freeze, we fight, we run, whatever we do. And so what we need is the kind of coach that gets at the top of the bridge and holds your hand and says, I know that it's scary and it might sting when we hit the bottom, but let's do this together. I'm with you. And there's something about my hypothesis about people who are people pleasers, we're tending to avoid, we want to look good, we want to be right. Actually, we don't care so much about being right. We want to be loved. We want to make everything amiable, right? So high I, high S, amiable, peacemakers, people pleasers. But in the past, we sacrificed ourselves. And that causes this, like I can feel it in my chest. And so this is why I call it soulful success is that and I, soulful success and gardeners, we need to, so we can, in the past, we've been in programs where we just do it. You just do it. You do it. You do it. You do it scared. But what we're doing is we're, we're, really forcefully going over that inner core wound and that inner core wound never leaves. And so what we've got to do is actually identify the inner core wound, identify discomfort. So here's what happened to me recently. I became aware through physical pain in my body how much energy I was using to avoid being in pain. I'm so thankful for the physical pain because I didn't realize how much emotional pain I was avoiding. And I told a story to my clients the other day, yesterday. So depressing watching the numbers go from like 15 people to six. Thank you to the six of you who are still hanging out. So I told a story of when I was young, I wanted to go to the mall um, it was a Sunday, so we weren't sure what time it closed. I was really excited about my mom taking me to the mall. And I remember my mother saying, please um, get out the phone book and call Foley's and see what time they close. And I was terrified of making the call and talking to the stranger. I don't know how old I was. I was in third grade, however old that is. Um, I was terrified of making that call. I had all these stories that so I literally had a story in my mind that if I called the lady that answered the phone would think I was crazy for asking that she would think there's something wrong with me. This is before the days of the internet and all this other stuff. So I'm this little child and I'm, I remember sitting on my mom's bed all day long with the phone book open to the Foley's at Barton Creek Mall in Austin, Texas, with the phone number there, terrified to make this call because of, of my core need to be liked and accepted. 
I, of course, I didn't know that at eight or nine years old. Thank you, Shannon. And when I made the call, like I made the call, I finally made the call, like as it's approaching what time it might close and I might lose the opportunity, I finally made the call. And she was like, we close at six o'clock. And I was like, that wasn't hard. But I had my nervous system, my pre-wired fearful thinking, my survival instinct told me I was going to die if I made that call. And so my mother didn't yell at me and scream at me and force me. She just gave me the choice. And so what's interesting I notice is that not only was it easier than I thought, but a lot of times what I've done in the past was I have done what I did that day. I wasted a lot of energy that day from probably 11 o'clock in the morning until four. I spent a lot of energy avoiding the discomfort. And at the last minute, I swung the bat. And so for many years, I would avoid the discomfort. I would avoid the discomfort and I would get it all done in one swoop. Instead of meeting, now as a child, I didn't do this, but as an adult, what if I meet the discomfort and take small, brave daily steps? Do you know that on that day, if I had called right after my mom told me, even though I was scared and she was standing right there, she didn't leave. She was like, just make the call. I'm right here. Everything's fine. If I'd made that call, I could have spent five hours shopping instead of one hour shopping, right? Like my whole day was ruined with that fear. And so when you recognize that and we recognize how to move forward in it, because a lot of, so a lot of um, trainings out there are geared toward accomplishing the task, but we don't often go back to why are we not accomplishing the task? And so, yes, I can get up and hit the bat and accomplish the task, but I have not changed my inner wiring. I have not expanded and grown. And so what was interesting last week as um, I see my husband here and my husband and I are laughing a lot lately about how our bodies are getting old and creaky. And I had the revelation of my mother living with chronic pain. By the time my mother was 36, she was crippled. She was completely crippled and bedridden. It was very difficult for her to get up and moving. And here I am moaning and groaning about, on a scale of one to 10, about a two to three on a pain level, right? Like, I'm so afraid of pain. And I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't feel this hip pain. What if I have to live with this hip pain? And I'm so scared I'm going to have to I spend all this energy avoiding having hip pain. But the fact is I have hip pain. And so the moment, instead of envisioning the terror of being in pain for the rest of my life, I actually decide to envision how would I solve the problem should my worst case scenario fear come true? I did a post about this the other day. Yes, people will reject you. People will say, who does she think she is? And that fear is holding us back. It's not perfect. That fear is holding us back. So imagine that it's actually true. We've gone 18 months out. We've done the thing. It's not an issue anymore. Of course, people are thinking they're not, you know, of course, people are judging me. Of course, it's imperfect. And I survived. And so when we go past that, so what I did with the pain, I was like, okay, let's pretend in my imagination that I do live with chronic pain. 
am I going to let that stop me? Am I, how much energy am I, I've spent so much energy preventing the thing I feared instead of just going, oh, I can live with the thing. I, I can do it scared. I can do it in pain. Does pain have to stop me from sitting on a couch and listening to my friends and going to events? No, I would figure out the problem. And so I hope you're tracking with me when we realize what that primary motivator is. So for me, it was avoiding the discomfort. And so what I had to do instead of finding my way around the discomfort, that has got me to this far. But if I had really, if I begin today, I'm not going to worry about the past. If I begin today to learn how to work with the discomfort that I so fear, how much better will I be able to accomplish? I always say more is not better, better is better. But what better have I been missing out on because I've been spending my energy avoiding the pain instead of using my energy to work with the thing that I fear to move forward? Holding, so what we're calling it in soulful success is daily brave moves. I don't need anybody. We use this um, fair and I, and she'll probably bring it up in her class. There was a class that worked for some people. And it was like, you need to make a hundred calls. You need to like this really hardcore activities in your business. And for people who avoid pain, that's not going to work. It might be a bandaid. It might work for one day, but it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to work for the long time. So instead we hold each other's hands and we say, we can do this together. And we take a tiny brave step. So last night, you're going to laugh at this. Last night, mama spent an hour and a half on TikTok and I learned some shit. I learned a lot of really interesting things on TikTok last night. And so one of the things that um, I love that I saw, there's a psychologist on there and um, she's a clinical PhD doctor psychologist, um, not just PhD, scientific psychiatrist. And so she's sharing little bits about what works and she talks about how um, small incremental steps are actually more effective than these big steps. But what does the coaching world and the training world teach us to do? The training world is teaching us to take these giant steps, to play big, to push through. That works for people who are task motivated, right? So if you're task motivated, you get a boner thinking about accomplishing the task. And if you are um, avoiding fear, avoiding pain motivated, you like the vision of it, but the actual implementation is too painful to do, <laughs> right? Until there becomes a greater pain, but we cannot live a life. This is good, worth writing down. We cannot live a life to our fullest if we are constantly anticipating and avoiding pain. Shannon, will you write that down for me, please? Thank you. We cannot live a full life if we are spending 80% of our energy anticipating and avoiding pain. Pain is inevitable. Discomfort is inevitable. Life is 50% awesome and 50% difficult. Jackie Hall, I know you're here. I know you have been through some difficulty, woman. 
you have been through some difficulty in the last few years. And if we are spending all this energy trying to avoid it, so what we've got to remember, thank you, Shannon, what we've got to remember is that we are resilient and we can do hard things. So when I told my friend Tracy Lee about how I'm, I'm stepping into this concept of we can do hard things, she goes, no, 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 no. And she's all about ease. I get it. I, I love the law of attraction and I spent a lot of time avoiding any discomfort instead of realizing the joy and the range of doing discomfort well. I thought I'm an Enneagram seven. I'm a high I. I have a little bit of D in me. Actually, I'm a high ID. And so I, I am, I am motivated by looking good and being right and being pleasable and amiable. And, and I still get stuff done. And I've been so afraid of discomfort that most of my life I would do a spiritual bypass of, I, okay, so this is interesting. Many years ago, I had a coach, a wonderful coach, and she um, had a, she has a stern affect, loving, wise, smart, good, stern affect. And I fired her on a coaching session. We were on a coaching session and she said something about my ego, which I now teach from the place of knowing what ego and protective self is. And I was like, no, I'm law of attraction. I only focus on the good. I only focus on the good. But you know what I was doing? I was bypassing. I was using a spiritual platitude to avoid feeling discomfort. And I was limiting my life. I was limiting my life. And some of my friends who, when I say, because for years I wrote, what do I want? I want ease. I want ease and flow. And you know what? People fucking die. And the world tops upside down. And people are put in cages at the, the um, border and our hips hurt. And we have systematic racism and dogs die. Shit happens. <laughs> And I was so spent so much energy avoiding the shit, shit, and it felt good for a while until the inevitable shit happened. And what I'm learning actually feels easy is telling myself I can do hard things. I'm tired of avoiding hard things, aren't you? I'm tired of mentally masturbating about pain and hardship. They are a part of life. And what I find, it's just like that little girl that sat on the bed from 11 until 4, mentally masturbating, maybe mentally masturbating about a call she was going to make to Foley's to find out what time it was. And that little girl was so afraid that it would be hard. She spent so much energy avoiding making that call. Instead of just making the call gently, small, tiny step. Mom, will you sit right here with me when I make this call? I'm scared. And mom would say, it's okay. It's okay to be scared. I'm right here with you. And so I make the call and then I make the call and nothing happens. And I have spent so much energy. We called it yesterday with the phone book open. I've spent so much energy. I know exactly what to do. Do you know that soulful success? I originally had a goal of 333 people in this program. I have 63 right now. I've had four people quit this last week. It's perfect. I would have 333 people if I hadn't been so passive 
and only choosing the comfortable route to enroll people. If I had been willing to put my selfishness and my fear of being liked aside, lovingly, gently, not the push off the bridge, but one tiny brave step at a time, one tiny brave step to say, hey, Jackie, next time the doors are open, I would love to have you in this community. I think you would be an attribute to it, and I would love to have you in the room, and I think it would help you, right? One time, Alicia, I want you in soulful success too, right? Like, what if I went, instead of thinking these things when I saw your names, and it's not just selling and rolling, it's about who my heart wants in the room, If I were willing to, that's uncomfortable for me. Literally saying Jackie and Alicia's names made my armpit sweat. It is so much more comfortable for me to pay the marketing people to do the um, marketing campaign and see who hits the buy now button than it is to reach out. But you know what? If I practice that and I practice that one tiny brave step at a time, then guess what happens? I get some yeses and I get some no's. And my nervous system changes. And so not only do I get more of the results that I want, you know what else I get? I am rewiring the deepest core wounds and motivations. That's what expansion is. Expansion is not just thinking bigger. And how many of you, all of us can think big, but we wonder why we can't do whatever do big means. Because we're working against our biology that is created these primary motivations to keep us safe. And so we have to go down to the deepest motivation. It is embarrassing for me to admit to you except for I'm not really embarrassed. It's just real. It was sobering for me to admit. Uh, Shamika Tankerson asked a question in the room at Expand. I've talked about this a couple times. I'm going to keep talking about it because I am rewiring. She said, what, and her, she, her program is called Play Big. What has kept you from playing big? And I really asked myself that question. And it's because when I I have all my answers and underneath all those answers are I'm afraid of the discomfort of being tired, of burnt out, and I'm afraid of rejection. And I threw up in my mouth a little at how selfish I was being. I was so absorbed with my discomfort, I forgot about my people. I forgot And that's why I say my desire is not enough. I have a desire to love all my people. I have a desire to create great things. I have a desire to create enjoyment. And if, and I have created a certain level of that, but my soul knows, I again, more is not better, better is better. I got it really good. My friend Megan Hale, um, she has a money mapping and goal setting process called GBB goals and GBB is good, better, best. And I have been landing in good and better land and not willing to create best. I am totally capable and I desire to create my best life. You know, living your best life. I live a good life. 
I have a good business. I have a better business. I have a better life. And I keep best at a distance. Tracy Lee asked me this, Willie, how much are you willing to receive? Well, to receive my best, I've got to receive all that life presents me, which includes discomfort. And what if I can make discomfort? What if I can create a relationship with discomfort instead of avoiding it? What if I can lean in? What if you can lean in to the discomfort? I, I am going to create, I have little altar spots around and so they're all pleasurable things. And I want to come up with some kind of talisman that represents my deepest fears. My fears of not being liked, my fears of being left, my fears of never making it, my fears of discomfort. And I want to, instead of pushing that under the rug, I actually want to bring that to the forefront with love. In past coaching that I've done, they bring a light version of that, and then they slap it across the face. I remember feeling really emboldened by the phrase, fuck your fears. But fucking your fears does nothing. It just pushes it down the road until we do like Thich Nhat Hanh says, there, there, fear, I see you. I will not leave you. I am here for you. And so I am creating a new relationship with fear, with hustle, with discomfort. I don't have to do it the world's way, but I have yet to develop. I have, I don't want to say I've yet to develop. I have yet to deeply develop my own relationship with these things. I have either let the world determine what hustle means for me, or I have avoided hustle instead of what is Allison's dance? I told my clients the roller skate song. Y'all know the do the hustle, right? Like what if that's my way of moving in the world? I made up that hustle, like Gary V's work ethic, Kobe Bryant's work ethic, love them. It works for them. Gary V's work ethic doesn't work for me. Hank Avink, I love Hank Avink. He works more than I ever want to work. <laughs> he loves to accomplish a task and help and accomplish tasks through helping people, right? I need a little bit slower roll. But instead of figuring out what is my version of hustle, what is my work ethic? How can I create a healthy, sustainable, and willing to do the uncomfortable with my work ethic that gets me from good and better to best? Those are the things I'm thinking about. Hi, D, task-motivated people. God bless you. I love you. I'm jealous of you. Y'all are able to lead with the desire to accomplish the task. And you may be motivated by the fear of not accomplishing the task. I wish I were motivated by the fear of not accomplishing the task, but that's not me. My deepest core wounds are so precious to me. They have made me everything wonderful I am. And they will work in partnership with me to help me become. 
And so as I become a woman of range, as I become a woman of both and, not only can I embrace the positive and the possibility, but I can also embrace the difficulty and the discomfort with sacred, holy love, holding hands, taking tiny, brave steps. That's what I got. Casey and Radzi, you're going to want to go back um, and watch the whole thing. Um, I think I'm going to turn this into the podcast this week. And so since I'm turning this into the podcast, which I didn't know, (laughs) I didn't know. So I'm going to do my call to action. One of the things that I always tell my clients is don't be afraid to do a call to action. And one of the things that has been uncomfortable for me, but the reality is I think that I offer some of the greatest programs out there. I know a lot of great leaders. I'm not saying mine is better or worse, but I'm saying I have a community of low investment coaching for $222 a month that is worth $30,000 a year. And I have a live event coming up called Camp Star Heart. Um, It's a dumb name. Hi, Mary, you're going to love it. Hi, Brandy, good to see you. Um, Brandy, my community needs you. Um, I create containers and spaces for my clients to thrive and to grow and to connect and expand and laugh and play. And Camp Starheart is three days in April in Austin, Texas, um, that people come. I can't even give you the bullet list of what happens. And it's really challenging. It's my fifth year. It's really challenging for me to write a sales page about what Camp Starheart does for you because it does something ex- it does something intrinsic. And relationship and lives are changed by coming to Camp Starheart. It is not, it is, you can write it off as a business expense. However, we're not, I'm not sitting there teaching you business. And this year, our discussion is around both and being a person of range. So what we've been talking about today is I am a person who loves and goes after pleasure and serving my people. But I am also, as I learn to become a person that no longer avoids and learns how to dance with discomfort, I am expanding. I am both lover and hater. I am both confident and insecure. I am, I, I am both and, and those are the conversations we're having. Barry and Brandon is a speaker. Diane Bleck is a speaker. And Kara Wykoski is a speaker um, at my event this year, um, campstarheart.com. So I'm going to make an invitation for you to trust your gut and get on a plane and invest in yourself and know that you will be changed when you come and spend time in the rooms that I create. I love you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Tag a friend who needs to see this. Share the podcast or share the live video with a friend who needs to see this. I love you. I'll see you soon. It is my pleasure to share my heart and show my work with you. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. 
This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.